Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by Millions James, the exploding unicorn, Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by Millions, Steve Dash, Rinko Levers. Hey, welcome everybody back to Wrong and Wronger, the podcast that apparently starts the split second James Breakwell picks up the phone. I am the sane one, Dr. Steve, Steve Olivas. And he is the guy that's got a plane to catch, James Breakwell, the Exploding Unicorn. And James, I'm talking fast because I know we are on the go, brother. How you doing today? Well, actually, I'm in the middle of making dinner. That's every You always schedule this at the most inconveniently time uh, humanly possible. And so when you said 4 o'clock, I was like, you know what? We're just going to do this. If we don't do this now, we're not going to have an episode for another 27 weeks. So I am go- I am preheating the oven right now. And uh, actually, I just heard it ding, so I need to go put some meat in there. But before we do, I wanted to get a starter because I know you have like 95 minutes worth of disasters you need to babble through. <laughs> because I believe you have taken up residence at Rattlesnake Ranch. And we need to hear all about that so I can make fun of you. We uh, moved in last Tuesday, and the place is an unmitigated disaster with boxes and everything you can imagine from moving, but we have a comfortable place to sit and watch TV, and our bed is set up. We have a comfortable place to sleep. So that's all that's important. My son is home for two, as James obviously didn't like where his oven was placed in the kitchen, so he's doing a little renovation himself on that end. But our son is back for two weeks for Christmas vacation and living in the small cabin, which has been coming together nicely until the septic tank backed up yesterday. And uh, when I say keep your shoes on, I mean you got to keep your shoes on in the small cabin. And the smell, James, nobody in my immediate circle has pooped in the small cabin because that toilet's always been a little bit wonky. And yet a... um, a, a prodigious amount of poop was was unearthed when the septic tank backed up. I don't know whose poop it is. I will say that nobody's lived in that place for three years, and unless there was a homeless encampment where uh, some <laughs> like junkie was pooping in it, uh, this is three-year-old poop sludge that got washed backwards at Rattlesnake Ranch. It's always, always fun. So two things. First of all, only you heard yeah. the clattering in the kitchen because my uh, my headphones came with me. The actual microphone for the podcast stayed here, so the audience was oblivious. Oh. But you have the same complaints that my wife has. Like she she will call me on her way home from work when I'm making dinner, and if I so much touch a spoon to a bowl, <laughs> it is like an ear shattering racket that she just can't deal with. So apparently these headphones pick up all the wrong sounds. So I'm I'm glad I could share that pain with your ears. Uh, second of all, so it described to me the the placement of the poop currently is it just soaking in the grass like in a moat around the small cabin or is it inside the small cabin on the floor it is inside the small cabin so it came backwards through the plumbing was your son in there when this happened no we were uh in mississippi at my father-in-law's house because (laughs) mrs steve decided our cabin was unsuitable for company So we went away and came back, and I think my son probably flushed the toilet once. And I will say that I told him to flush a few times because we lost water on Christmas Eve day with no warning. All of a sudden, the water was turned off. 
And that led to a whole panicked, like just uh, checklist, uh, check this. I ran out to the street. That's not true, I took my car. But went out to the street and checked to make sure that we didn't have the water turned off by the water department for not paying the bill. Not saying that's ever happened, but I'm not not saying that's never happened. Somehow the bill came under my auspice, and I don't think Mrs. Steve will make that mistake again. But the point is, the water was not turned off at the street. The water was not turned off at any of the locations where we have ball valves that are strategically placed around the property. So I didn't know what was going on, and it was weird and freaky, and I called the emergency number, and she said, Oh, yeah, uh, do you live on such and such a street? I said, uh, Yeah. She said, oh, they're working on the lines. I said, were they going to tell us? And she said, no, they didn't tell me either. I got a whole bunch of panic calls this morning. I didn't know what was going on. I said, oh, all right, well, thank God we live in a small town. So the point of this is I wonder if he flushed a few times and that created some kind of pressure that the septic tank rebelled against. But I will say that particular cabin's plumbing has never been quite plumb, if you know what I'm saying. I do like that the toilet had a shelf life of like three flushes, and if he if he hit that mark, he was done. So uh, so clearly, yeah, he, you want the jackpot? He got too greedy there. Yeah, he got it all back. Uh, I, I will uh, I will commend you though. I'd like to give you a compliment. So brace yourself. Oh, oh. I would like I would like to compliment you for having water to lose because the last time I heard from you 96 <laughs> weeks ago, you had lost water possibly at a ball joint. And you never uh, ball thought valve, you, were, thank yeah, you ball valve. You weren't sure if you were ever going to get it back. So you got it back and then lost it again. But take me step back a step. How did you get back water in the first place? I believe it was a Christmas miracle because I don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> I cranked on that ball valve back and forth, back and forth. And you know how when you get that ball valve going back and forth, it gets a little smoother and a little smoother. And you expect finally something to come exploding through the end, but it never did until it did. And it wasn't even me that had my hands gently on the ball valve. It was another guy that turned it, and that somehow made the water go through. I, I don't know what was different. All I know is one second it didn't work. I should say this differently. One turn and it didn't work. The next turn and it did. That's all I can give you. So what, what I'm hearing is when a competent pair of hands touched the ball joint, <laughs> ball valve, it worked. Ball valve. It's kind of like how, you know, when you can't open a pickle jar and you try and try and try and you just swear it's impossible and you hand it to somebody sure. else. And they open it first try and they say, well, you loosened sure. it up to me. I'm sure the same exchange happened with you and that other guy. And then you just kind of hung your head in shame and walked into the house. Yeah, he had no idea either. So both of us just walked away like, OK, now we got water. And he did tell me. Uh, to bury that ball valve and never let it see the light of day again because there is a secondary ball valve that's closer to the house made out of metal that we will use as the cutoff to the house and not this cheap plastic ball valve. Why does it have so many ball valves? I don't know. Our, I, it was pointed out to me by an alert listener named JDB that you and I combined said the words ball valve 25 times during the episode. <laughs> He actually counted because we have some super weird fans. But uh, the guy that installed the ball valve, the reason 
I started saying ball valves a lot is because I started tallying how many times he said the words ball valve. Plumber <laughs> Chris is his name. But I don't know why he installed it other than he was quite enamored with the concept of ball valves everywhere. And so he put two ball valves almost in line with each other for reasons that are unbeknownst to anyone except him. Because really, you should only need one ball valve in that entire pipe because you just need a cutoff. Like, there's nothing in yes. between there. It's just... It's just a cutoff at the cutoff at the cutoff. I'm, I'm, I mean, maybe he just wanted to make extra, extra sure that if you ever decided you didn't want water, that water would have no way to get through. It would have to fight through like nine ball valves to get there. And this house well, would stay dry does. forever. We have a heating system in the cabin where I think I told you this hot water gets pumped through our floor. The hot water system has nine ball valves. And then there is... <laughs> A, like a almost a Rube Goldberg system with another five or six ball valves that make sure water and air doesn't back up through certain ball valves and that the water goes through filters, which are also ball valved. So I would say, without exaggerating, we have at least from the street to the small cabin where the water ends, basically, there are no fewer than 15 to 20 ball valves. I think my favorite part about the word ball valve is there is really no synonym. You just have to say ball valve. A ball valve is a ball valve is a ball valve. And we will address it as such by its proper name every single time on this podcast. Hey, I will tell you a story about a true miracle, though, James. Do you want to hear how Mrs. Steve and I actually got a win somewhere along the way? I think we've exhausted our good favor with God, but we did get one win that saved okay. us because of an event that was not just improbable, but impossible, but it happened. Okay, just to be clear, you're asking me if I want to hear this story, right? Yes, yes. Okay, does the story involve ball valves? No, this is electricity, oh, not plumbing. You know what? You know what? Go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm not excited about it, but go ahead and tell the story. Uh, I mean, all right. <laughs> so my father-in-law came over for a week. He was supposed to be there for three days to try to wire the small cabin, but it ended up taking a week because it was one disaster after another. Finally, he arrived at the conclusion that we only have half power going into the small cabin. <laughs> because there are supposed to be two number one wires. Now, that number is irrelevant other than it's the thick wire that takes, like, power to the house from okay. the road. Like, it's got to be a pretty thick wire, and then it branches off into thinner wires. So there's supposed to be two of those, 110 each to give 220 to the house. Anyway, mm -hmm. one of those wires was bad. Somewhere in the 300 feet between one cabin and the other, we weren't <laughs> about to trench the whole thing. His conclusion was we have to go without hot water because we can't run the hot water heater and everything else on only 110. So we were about to put the wall back together when he noticed a little piece of number one wire sticking out from the ground and uh, from uh, actually from one of the studs in the small cabin. So my wife went out and dug a trench to find the bundle of wires coming into the cabin and there was an extra number one wire in there so my father-in-law went back to the main cabin and found a similar number one wire sticking out <laughs> of a stud there 
The, the Mennonites, the Mennonite mafia who own all of the building around where I am. Like if you want to get something built, you got to talk to the Mennonites. But for all that I criticize the Mennonite mafia, I love the Mennonite mafia because one, <laughs> they built a pretty sturdy cabin that I'm living in. And number two, for reasons that are unbeknownst to anybody other than the godfather of the Mennonite mafia, they buried at $4 a foot. 350 feet of number one wire for absolutely no reason whatsoever. My father-in-law stumbled upon it, wired them both in, and now we have 220 into the small cabin. I can't believe, A, that they buried that wire for no reason, and B, that we accidentally found it. That, James, that is a Christmas miracle. I mean, that is pretty spectacular that it happened, but of course I have to assign more nefarious motives to it. Perhaps... Perhaps they knew that one of those number one wires was bad, and they thought you would come back to them to hire them to fix the situation, thus improving <laughs> their profit margin. Like, boy, we sure can't fix this. It's going to cost you $10,000 in three weeks. And then they, you go away, and then like 10 minutes before you get home, they just connect those two wires they already buried. <laughs> Boom, instant profit. Yeah, but until then, they're making a $1,200 roll of the dice. Is is it really that expensive? I thought copper wire was like dirt cheap. Oh, James, you haven't been paying attention, brother. Copper in general is stupid. Like people are getting their air conditioner units ravaged and stolen yeah. just for the copper tubing in there. They do that. They've been doing that for years, but it's it's like junkies and they uh it's like pennies on the pound for copper when mm. you recycle it. I don't know what it is fresh, but and you realize these junkies are stealing all this stuff and they're going out there to, you know, do drugs like heroin or meth and I was like, "Man, that must be the most expensive habit in the world." You know how much <laughs> heroin costs it's like eight dollars it's like an eight dollar a day habit it's like how how bad does, a day. how bad does your life Boy, have to be you've just you've exhausted all resources and for these eight dollars you have to go around stealing copper wire it's it's pretty bad yeah quite, you know heroin it's great because it's super cheap and it will probably kill you so it, the habit doesn't last real long so really for a lifelong habit however however long that habit will be you know probably maybe a few days few weeks you know it's it's pretty affordable so if you're looking to wreck your life steve i can't recommend it highly enough boy that is so much cheaper than the pill version of heroin yeah. the opiates man those, those are that, you know you, you get those uh pharmacy companies you know making billions and billions of dollars like why don't why don't people just go pick a different awful drug i, I don't know i you know this, this these are probably the worst things we've ever said but there there is a hierarchy of cheap drugs they are all literally poison that you're shooting into your body let's be absolutely clear also we are not pharmacists do not take medical advice from us please do not actually do heroin even if i would internally laugh externally i would be very somber and disappointed in you unless oh, judy p cover your ears she she knows not to listen to anything I say. We're we're good there. I don't know. Actually, I'm kind of surprised you didn't find more drug paraphernalia at Rattlesnake Ranch going through everything. Just that one questionable bong, and that was it. Oh, no, no. There was more that Mrs. Steve scraped out of there when she pulled all the cabinets and all the... Like, she gutted the place, and there was, there was more that she found. I've, we, there's so much going on here, though. I guess uh, we, we haven't, one, gotten into the logistics of the move at all, which I'm sure was a disaster all on its own. But two, so when that, that septic tank uh, backed up for reasons unrelated to a ball joint and filled the small cabin and you were gone, it just sat in that small cabin then marinating for days, correct? 
No, it did not back up, I believe, until my son flushed the toilet. I don't have that on good authority, but I do know my son was in the small cabin for a while before he came waltzing back and announced that there was some brown sludge stinking up the place in his toilet. Uh, was it like a Ghostbusters scene? Did it just keep bubbling up, or is it just sitting in there, in the, contained in the toilet? James, I am proud to announce that I have not set foot in that cabin <laughs> since the event happened. Mrs. Steve took one for the team and went over to investigate. And then she is also, because I'm at work all day today, she is the one dealing with the problem. Now, I did say on the commute this morning that I would have an update by the time we recorded Wrong and Wronger this afternoon. And the update is, and this makes sense, Mrs. Steve said it's only an issue with the pipe going from the toilet to the septic tank because if the septic tank truly backed up, sludge would be coming up through the sink and through the shower. <laughs> like every drain in the place would be belching poop. Well, that's a uh, relief, I think. I'd, uh, this is a, it's a slab, isn't it? It's, it's, this toilet goes down into concrete. Uh, this, the, this part of the cabin is not concrete, but okay. what are you, what difference would that make? Well, it's a difference of if you have to have a plumber go crawl around in a crawl space or if you have to have a plumber get out a jackhammer, that's a big difference. Oh, there's no crawl space. No, no, but it's septic. So, uh, she went to buy some chemicals that she's going to try throwing through there and hoping it eats whatever poop is in the way of it and the blockage. I don't know. It might mean that a plumber comes down with a 100-foot snake and tries to tickle the septic tank through the <laughs> toilet. But until then, I've decided that I'm going to stay on my side of the line. I'm a big fan of problems that can be solved by pouring acid on them. So uh, go, Mrs. Steve. <laughs> I am I am rooting for her. I really am. That's good. So has your son yet uh, requested that you move back to the garage? It seems like it would be an upgrade at this point. You know, he hated the garage. He sort of likes having his own house. Like, he's got a run of the place, and it has a kitchen and a living room and a bedroom. Except uh, he's he's always been under the standing order that poop has to be done in the main cabin, and uh, he can pee wherever he wants. So <laughs> uh, having a working toilet is kind of nice, but having a toilet you can poop in would be better. So I'm hoping whatever the problem has been has now come to that... <laughs> come to the surface enough that we are able to deal with it once and for all. And if it requires us to call the septic company and have them pump out the tank because there's three-year-old poop in it, then God willing, so be it. Have you considered just getting your son a porta potty Those are expensive, man. Oh. Have you tried to book one of those? I, I can honestly say I have never tried to book a porta potty so please indulge me. I don't remember the price, but when we were having the bulk of the renovation done, because we had no water for so long, <laughs> Mrs. Steve was going to get a porta potty for the workers and looked into it and told me the price. And I said, F that. They can pee out in the bushes like everyone else, like God intended for man to pee. So uh, the porta potty was cost prohibitive when we were spending money pretty fluidly. That is good to know. You could also you could also build a porta potty old style. You know, just dig a hole out there, build a wooden structure. As long as you're paying for everything else out there, uh, all I'm saying is a porta potty or a, an outhouse is not going to back up. An outhouse is a hole. Like the number of things that can go wrong with an outhouse is pretty finite. Mm. We do have an outhouse on the property. Ooh, where this? I have not heard this detail of Rattlesnake Ranch, which I believe was constructed in the last ten years. So, why does it have an outhouse? Well, it's not an outhouse 
in terms of uh, function, but it is an outhouse in terms of aesthetic. So it's it's an outhouse, like it's built with an outhouse. It's got a half moon like carved into the door. It is an outhouse structure, but there's no pit. It's like a, a shed for garden tools is what we're using it for. You have a fake outhouse. I, I didn't think anything could go wrong with an outhouse, but not having a hole is something very wrong with that outhouse. <laughs> Yeah, that does seem to fly in the face of the nature of a true outhouse, but we it's right there. It's probably 20 feet off the cabin. It's right where an outhouse would be, frankly. You know, you think things are bad now with the poop backing up in the second cabin, but we'll just wait till a confused guest goes out to use the outhouse and is just in there pooping on flat ground among your garden tools. Oh, James, I hope they go in the daytime because the coyotes, they have been having a frat party out on our property. It's loud. It sounds like it gets violent once in a while. I think the cops were called. A bunch of drunken coyotes came stumbling through the yard. Like the coyotes yip and howl, and there's got to be 20 of them out there. I swear, you, you, you need a handgun when you walk out to pee at night. I'll shine the light like around and you can catch their eyes like reflecting the light back at you. It's bad, man. And they went and they pooped right in the middle of a mineral lick that I put out for the deer. Like there's a piece of coyote poop dead center. Like it took two of them to line that sucker up. I, I, coyotes are the dicks of the animal kingdom, James. <laughs> I think there's a lot of animals I would put higher on the list than coyotes. But do you, oh, I don't know. I do don't you know. still have your tiny bite-sized dog? Yes. Do you let him go outside to go to the bathroom, or does he use the bathroom inside like a person now? Uh, well, for the time being, he has to go outdoors, but we take him next to the garage so that we're like we're uh, we're safe on one side. And you have to look up, too, because there's a lot of birds of prey circling around. <laughs> but when we take them out at night, you got to do a full sweep with the spotlight looking for those red eyes to glow back at you. If the eyes glow green, here's a little FYI, it's a deer. If the eyes glow red or orange, it's a coyote. So we, you got to kind of check the color that's coming back, too. But, uh, yeah, dog is outside. Mrs. Steve's ultimate goal is to screen in part of our back patio and put like a pee pad out there, like a little piece of AstroTurf for the dog to pee and poop on so he doesn't have to go outside. 150 acres of prime pooping real estate. You're going to make him poop on (laughs) AstroTurf. (laughs) Yes, well, this is the problem with a bite-sized dog. Well, at least you are uh, aware of the danger. I had an ant with a dog that was very similar to yours, maybe slightly bigger, and it wandered to the tree line for just an instant, and that thing was gone. And they found it torn apart. Like, yeah, it. uh, That that was up in uh, up in Minnesota. So yeah, there there are predators out there now. I don't know what the laws are in Tennessee, and I I guess I was going to say, you know, if you're sensitive, cover your ears, but I think at this point we don't have anybody left to offend. But in in Indiana, you can pretty much shoot a coyote any time for any reason. They are just like vermin. Is the same down there? Yeah, uh, shoot a coyote. Yeah, there's no season on coyotes because uh, you're protecting your life or your property, and livestock is considered property, so you can shoot coyotes for that reason. You could do that. You could also, if you're feeling ambitious or you wanted a uh, a workout, you get a samurai sword and you patrol on that ATV of yours and just see that like a cavalry charge. This is this is how Steve dies right here, chasing chasing coyotes with a katana on an ATV. Yeah. Oh, good use of the word katana, brother. Nice. Yes, that would man. That sounds uh, 
That sounds like a blast. If you if you do that, <laughs> I don't want to participate, but I want to be down there to witness it. Please, please give me a heads up first. I don't know that the coyotes come out during daylight enough to make that possible. And I don't know that the headlights are good enough to make it feasible at night without death being almost assured for the driver. Is there any way to get rid of coyotes other than shooting them? I guess I don't know that that's the only solution, but I'm an Indiana, so that's like the immediate solution for anybody. Is <laughs> there's something you don't like, you just shoot it. But uh, I guess is, is there are there things that scare coyotes away? It's like they put up noisemakers or something, or bright lights, or are they just going to be there until they die? Well, hell. What would be easier, just pumping a 12-gauge round into the thing or putting up light battens and speakers? <laughs> <laughs> as far as I know, in all seriousness, I don't believe so. Like, coyotes are pretty resourceful. And we, we I think I told you, we put food for the coyotes, like, way down the hill from where we put the deer food to try to keep the coyotes uh, on a different part of the property. But... That that piece of poop in the middle of the mineral block, that was the last straw for me. Like I we my son's got a twenty two rifle and I think one of these days this coyote's gonna meet its maker because it's gonna catch me at the wrong time when I'm in the wrong mood and have the wrong weapon in my hands and it's going down. So wait, you are feeding the coyotes and you wonder why you have a coyote problem. Did did it occur to you that those two facts might be connected? Well, they're gonna eat anyway. I'd rather have them not eat my deer. And we would like to have wild turkeys on the property in the spring when they come to feed on all the little insects. So I'm mowing like crazy to try to make room for the turkeys to come in. I don't want coyotes to be eating my turkeys. I don't think coyotes can take down a healthy deer. They only get the sick ones or the stupid ones. Now, either way, I think you can do without those. <laughs> Except they hunt in packs. I think two or three of them could probably hobble a deer enough that they could jump it and take it out. Well, this is uh, this is all fascinating. We are. I, I could talk to you about things eating other things all day, but we should probably uh, probably sign out at some point here so I can feed my children. Uh, speaking of things eating other things, this chicken chicken McNuggets ain't gonna eat themselves. All right, well, that has been another Rattlesnake Ranch update with a fascinated James Breakwell sitting cross-legged with his chin in both of his palms just staring wistfully at the phone. I am the storyteller, Steve Lee, Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell saying thanks for watching, thanks for listening. I'm not talking to anybody at this point. And until we meet again, always bear in mind, two wrongs can't make a right. <laughs>